Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with T-Time Reports. I really appreciate everyone for tuning into this episode of our USFL offseason coverage. A lot of news since the last episode. I apologize. I know towards the end of the second USFL season, I was talking about, you know, there's not going to be as much USFL content. You know, we're going to slim down on it. But I, in fact, I think we've been pushing out more USFL content than ever before. Um, just because of the signings, the the league news, some of the additional acquisitions and re-signings to the USFL um, but just overall, the offseason is probably the biggest part um, of these leagues because what players are getting elevated to the NFL, what aren't, um, and who's going to be staying with that league to help it grow and succeed. And we've seen plenty of that in this second USFL offseason. Um, but to kick it off, I'm going to, I guess, talk about some of the um, overall signings. Um, and they begin with defensive tackle Khalil Davis, signs with the Houston Texans. He played for the Birmingham Stallions. A very solid season, very solid season indeed, and he really didn't, um, I guess, stand out to me uh, as an average. I mean, I wouldn't say average. I, I didn't miss a game, um, but I, I feel like that defense was so good that there's so many players that any NFL team could go for. But um, Khalil Davis, it doesn't take anything away from his production and his tape. And clearly, D'Amico Ryan and the Houston Texans saw something there, and they want to utilize him on that defensive line, no matter if it's a rotational piece, maybe even a starter one day. But uh, good good for Khalil Davis. Shout out to him. And then we have Trey Quinn, wide receiver for the Michigan Panthers, signs with the Detroit Lions for a one-year $970,000 contract, which was just awesome to see that he negotiated himself over two hundred grand. Um, nearly a million bucks. Really good to see Trey Quinn. It shows that he may actually be a focal point of some kind of special teams unit or maybe even you know, a rotational slot guy because we're going to need Amon Ra for the Detroit Lions to step up and maybe even play Y, even though he's not a true Y or X. But, I mean, we're just down Jameson Williams. We need more depth at wide receiver. And I think adding Trey Quinn, it just shows that they saw someone there at Ford Field who was playing there during the USFL season. And they're like, you know what, let's take a shot on him. He's a, he's a shifty, kind of smaller wide receiver, very sure-handed, great footwork, and really good route running ability. Um, and then shout out to another signing. Um, we have linebacker Chris Garrett with from the Houston Gamblers. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and that's pretty good. They're overall one of the worst rosters in the NFL right now. So I, I think that's just nothing but good for Chris Garrett. Shout out to him. Um, as well as we have someone that I didn't know anything. Like I didn't hear any, um, you know, NFL like contracts or anything like that. But I know that his contract was terminated with the Philadelphia Stars defensive tackle LeBron uh, Ray. I don't know his team yet, but shout out to him. He was the 14th USFL player signed to the NFL. And then Chris Garrett made the 15th player signed. Um, And then we also have to look at another signing that actually recently happened today. Uh, Cornerback Lorenzo Burns from the Birmingham Stallions, um, two-time champion, got signed to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, That's great for him, great for the Cleveland Browns. He's going to be a good a uh, cornerback, a good depth guy, maybe put him in on nickel coverages and stuff like that or make him the corner four. But I think he's a good player, really good awareness and vision. Um, but another person that was recently signed prior to Lorenzo Burns to the same team, the Cleveland Browns, 
Austin Watkins, wide receiver from the Birmingham Stallions as well. Um, he, he's been getting first team reps with uh, Deshaun Watson, so that's going to be really cool to see him. I'm looking like he's going to be a starter. Um, and then shout out to, we have a couple more notations here. Zaquandre White uh, is getting a Steelers, uh, I guess, workout or tryout, which is pretty cool. Running back from the Stallions, who showed some flash and some flair. Um, Josh Peterson uh, spotted him getting some first team reps as well. Not saying he's going to start over Evan Ingram, but he could be a tight end two or three for sure. Um, Dion Kane has been making some impressions at the Eagles camp. He's been making some really good contested catches, showing off his speed and route running ability. And I just wanted to shout that out because there's been some buzz on Twitter about him in the Eagles camp for sure. And then also a big re-signing for the USFL, and pretty much the the best team in the USFL, the Birmingham Stallions. Offensive tackle Darius Harper returning for a third season. He's a really good tackle for this league, and I can't wait to see his game develop and grow in the in the third year of this system, in the third year of this modern league, um, modern USFL, if you will. It's going to be exciting to see him grow as a player. Um, and then another thing I wanted to point out, I didn't notate this after I talked about Lorenzo Burns. He is the in total the 16th USFL player signed to an NFL roster. Um, and it's going to keep going and going, in my opinion. I think we'll probably surpass 40. I don't think we'll surpass the 51 uh, player signed from season one, but I think we'll get close to it. Um, and then other things I would love to talk about real quickly. Um, Kayava Tizino's contract information with the San Francisco 49ers um, was one year $750,000, which is looks like the base minimum, um, but still a life-changing amount of money to some people. Um, and then also I did want to briefly touch up on, I guess, Alex Magoo, um, 2023 MVP of the USFL, two-time champion with the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, he's been looking fantastic in uh, the, Packer, the Packers camp. A lot of hype around him. Um, looks really in rhythm. You know, he looks in shape. His arm looks strong. He's got good zip on the ball. He's really making good impressions in Green Bay for, for the fans. I mean, he's been, you know, signing stuff. He's been, there's a bunch of photos, you know, people just taking pictures of him and stuff. He's kind of a name, a you know, growing name, if you will. And um, there was like a drill or <clears throat> a quarterback drill to, I guess, show some agility as well as on-the-run accuracy. And Jordan Love did it first. It looked really slow, sluggish, kind of skinny. I, I just don't look confident in him. He missed the net because after you do this whole like footwork drill, you're supposed to throw the ball accurately into a net. Um, he missed wildly. He's a four-year first-round <laughs> draft pick, four-year player. I would expect him to be at least good at the practice field stuff. But then Alex Magoo did it right after him. He nails it. He looks fucking good. He looks like you take away their careers, their resumes, everything, and you just put their play, like have them play on a practice field in front of me. I'm taking Alex Magoo based on his measurables. The guy has a stronger arm. He looks better. He just looks like a traditional quarterback that, you know, I, he looks like he has the not only the the. I'm not trying to overhype the guy, but he looks as built as you would want a quarterback to be. You know what I'm saying? He's very very muscular. His huge arms you know, genuinely athletic when it comes to his playmaking ability with his feet, you know, and it's just, he, his game plan reminds me of Russell Wilson, uh, but he has like the arm talent, in my personal opinion, of like Jalen Hurts, but I'm not trying to, I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts, but I'm saying like he has these like combos from different play styles and it works, 
Like it works for him and it shows off and it shows off on the practice field. It showed off in the USFL and it clearly might show off this regular season because, you know, Alex Magoo is a household name for the USFL. He will be for years to come. So, you know, just talking over, you know, Alex Magoo and Jordan Love with some of my, my friends like Logan and my brothers, Caden and Brady, we were all just sitting there kind of just talking. We're like, you know, Jordan, you know, Logan, you know, held it, you know, logical. He's like, you know, he's been looking decent at camp um, overall. But, you know, on some of these technical drills, he just does not look good by any means. That's that's my argument. And I'm scared of that. Well, I, you know, as a Lions fan, I'm actually not scared of that. I actually want Jordan Love to start the entire season. I'd love for that to happen. But, I, like, I just think that there's a guy that deserves a chance more. Like, a person that hasn't shown you any kind of flash or any flair when they've put him in those meaningless games, when they've put him in those throwaway games on the practice field. I don't see anything to warrant how he was a first-round pick. I Maybe that's why I'm not a scout. He might come out and throw for 4,000 passing yards and 35 touchdowns in his technical rookie season. Um, but, like, he just doesn't... Like, you know how Brett Favre started over Aaron Rodgers, obviously? And then Aaron Rodgers was a backup for, like, three to four seasons. Like, when you saw Aaron, and I know, like, the first impression when he got his debut was, like, you're not going to win a lot of games with Aaron Rodgers. I think Chris Collinsworth said that. Um, but he just looked, like, overall on the practice field, he looks bigger, he looks more muscular, he looks a little more agile. With Jordan Love, he just looks like he, you know, got out of the classroom, you know? And I'm not taking that away from him by any means. He can prove me wrong. But, you know, when it comes down to it, Alex Magoo showing this flash and flair on the practice squad and in the practice field and in these mini camp OTAs and all this good stuff. Now where they're fully padded up and he just still looks as good as he did in the USFL. He hasn't he hasn't lost a, a notch of speed. He's still playing at that speed that we saw in the USFL. And I think that that's crucial and incredibly important to talk about when you when you discuss about development of players. When you when you break that down because the USFL is about developing players and creating opportunities. Um, and that's that's what you want to see out of a big position like quarterback. Creating a developmental kind of system to grow quarterback play, to grow some of these specialty positions and get them to the NFL. I think that's, that's, that's the difference between the USFL and the XFL. It is. You know, they just got... I just heard Tavon Austin and... Um, Darrell Henderson and some former NFL guys are going to the XFL, but you see the difference though, right? You see guys that are coming out of the NFL, they're like, okay, my my, my top-notch days are over, but I can still go have fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the USFL is trying to push forward top-notch talent, trying to develop players and develop the game and, and, and make it overall better. And that's what I really appreciate and have learned to love over two full seasons of the USFL as well as two full off-seasons. Excuse the thunder um, in the background. It's been uh, it's been storming uh, down here in Florida quite a lot lately, and it's been hot as fuck. Um, it was like fucking on my way home. It was like ninety five degrees, bro. It was, it was it was bad. It was it was bad. Definitely, and especially in a black Camaro, it's like a hundred and five in there, bro. I mean, it, it it gets rough. Pretty much what Alex Magoo and the Stallions and the Breaker, the New Orleans Breakers, were playing in in Birmingham all season. I mean, it was torching hot in Birmingham this summer, this past summer, excuse me. But another thing I wanted to also touch up on, it looks like Cavante Turpin is going to have more involvement in the Dallas Cowboys offense. I'm seeing him get more offensive reps, snaps with first team. 
Um, getting a little bit of a rapport and chemistry with Dak Prescott. Looks like he also put on some weight, um, which is good to see. And he just looks this like the same Cavante Turpin, man. The same KT that I was used to seeing in that first USFL season when he just dominated. I mean, he was the guy to watch in that season. My God, him and Victor, him and Victor Bolden Jr. were just the top players in season one. And and you can obviously talk about Josh Love. <laughs> I'm kidding, but Jamar Smith for sure. And then you know Alex Magoo for flashes, but he was a very up and down guy in season one. But then he refined his craft and and, and found poise and found what he needed to find in the first offseason of the USFL, but also during the progression and the progress of going through the second USFL season, you never saw him slow down. He was always at an MVP race since he got in the first week, the first snap. You know, and he, I know he didn't start. I know uh, Skip Holtz didn't really trust in him because they started JMR, but he, uh, you know, due to a series of mis- for, eh, unfortunate events, JMR Smith sadly did have a season-ending injury in that game. And Alex Magoo came in and balled out. But you know what the crazy thing is? I expect J.M.R. Smith to have an MVP caliber season in Season 3 if he comes back. Because I know he was spotted at the Carolina Panthers facilities doing a little workout with them. So that's pretty awesome for him. Uh, I touched up on that on the uh, previous USFL offseason coverage episode. But that's really cool for him to, to, get a, to get a workout. Because he is a high-quality quarterback. Really good accuracy. Really good arm. Um, but going back, to, going back to Kevontae Turpin. It's really good to see him starting to get utilized in that Cowboys offense. They need more shifty players. They need more playmakers, especially after the loss of Ezekiel Elliott. And then obviously Tony Pollard's on a tag, and they really use their running backs in Dallas, so we don't know what's going to happen there. This isn't meant to be an NFL episode, but I am talking about USFL guys and former USFL players and prospects, so it is technically USFL offseason coverage. Um, No, but there's been a lot of really exciting and really good news for the USFL. Like I said... um, not much in terms of uh, recent signings for the league this past week, um, but you know when it comes to NFL, um, USFL to NFL players, there's been several. I mean, and that just seems to be a growing list day by day. And I think it'll just continue to grow because obviously the scouts for the NFL clubs, they're going to have you know squads going to some of these clubs in the USFL, checking them out, seeing what players look good, look the best. I'm sure they have alternative league scouts and they go check out these players. And I think that those scouting departments are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on because these leagues are just growing and growing and growing as time goes on. So I think that's a crucial point to 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 stick out there. But again, a lot of really big news for the USFL in the past week. And I think it's just going to continue to grow as, as far as the offseason ramifications, but as well as just overall news from the USFL it just seems to be growing the fan bases for each club seem to be growing, you know, week by week. And it's just really exciting to see in general because these players and these teams and these coaches and these refs and these faculty members and these GMs all deserve praise for fielding these teams, for being able to compete and have good games, playoffs, and a championship game. It's just really awesome to see, in my personal opinion. Pardon that pause. The storm got a little bad as well as my dog started to freak out a little bit. But during that little pause... Some big news dropped here. So I didn't have the team for LeBron Ray from the Philadelphia Stars, the linebacker, but he just got signed to the Carolina Panthers. Congrats, sir. Very nice job. Um, and then also another workout by um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They um, brought in running back Stevie Scott, the, the second, I believe, his, uh, I think it's the second or the third from the Michigan Panthers running back. Really good season, two good seasons with them. Uh, really consistent player. 
as well as another player getting a workout, cornerback Mark Gilbert, who made the All-USFL team. He was a really good corner, a lockdown guy all year long, and he got a workout from the Houston Texans. He apparently has one more NFL team giving him a workout, a workout but if that doesn't um, pan out, I don't know if he'll get a shot in the NFL. Sadly, he deserves to. He was a very good lockdown corner, great handwork, really good physicality, and just a really good kind of ball hawk corner. You know, normally we say ball ball hawk safety, but uh, I think he was a leader in interceptions or at least tied for first. And he just overall had a really good season in the top defense in the USFL. Really awesome to see some of these guys get some recognition for their play and the tape they put out there with those game reps and the starter, uh, you know, the starting game reps, because that's crucial. That's invaluable. Invaluable, excuse me. I mean, you can't get that as a practice squad player and coaches and you know, teammates will never know who you are as a, you know, in-game player unless you're able to get some starting time. And that kind of thing is a rare commodity in the NFL for sure. But a lot of these guys have the talent to be in the USFL. Why not drop down there for a year, put your tape out there, bet on yourself. I think that's one of the big things that not only alternative football leagues have offered players, but social media. You can start betting and betting on yourself and building yourself up is kind of like a investment and you can really you know win big if you uh if you have what you know most guys don't especially in football I mean that's it's one of those sports where if you got it you got it you know and it's really awesome to see a lot of these um players that I was live tweeting about all season long for two seasons honestly um and and shouting them out talking to them on Twitter you know now they're on NFL clubs and you know shout out to Davion Davis he posted some pictures of him um you know at the Cardinals camp and he's been making some good catches you know, on that field as well. So you know, hopefully he shows out. That team is going to need some bright spots. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that the USFL guys and the Cardinals are going to show out, but I think they just might. I got high hope on Davion Davis. He's a very solid wide receiver. Um, never disappointed me in the season. Maybe a drop here and there, but just overall, probably one of the better receivers in the USFL, especially coming out of the USFL. So it's well-deserved that he got signed to, you know, an NFL club, but I just wish that some of these guys would be able to get to some of the mid-tier teams, like the Lions and stuff like that, because they would actually have good coaching, a good team around them, you know, instead of going to the Cardinals, I'm not trying to slight that team by any, by any means, but, you know, you go there as a player trying to climb a hill, in a sense, you know, you might uh, not have the tools you need to succeed. And that's just something I always thought about, like the poverty clubs in the NFL really don't do anything well with player development. They really have to hit it hard in the draft or make a really splash trade and change the culture. But um, we rarely see some of these consistently awful teams in the NFL um, do that. You know, they kind of stick to their same method and it doesn't really work until like they're kind of forced to. Like there's a big firing or someone sells the team. But uh, in the USFL, there's plenty, there's a massive source of talent and players for all the positions you need. I mean, Brandon Aubrey apparently went uh, five of seven um, in the Cowboys camp today. He missed from, I think, 43 and a 50. So not a bad day from him. I know it's a hot kicker battle there. So hopefully he gets the starting job because he deserves it. You know, two really solid seasons with the Birmingham Stallions after not even kicking a day in his life. He was a Notre Dame soccer kid, you know. know, Shout out to him. You know, great story. You know, what else can you ask for? And it's really awesome to see... um, a lot of the USFL player like uh, mini camp tape coming out on Twitter and stuff like that. Just overall, like people are now following these guys as players, and 
they have a fan base, you know, and it's really awesome and supportive to see that um, for these players because they put a lot of work in and, you know, dedicate a lot of their lives to, you know, staying in shape and learning everything they can about the game. And that's the best part about it, in my personal opinion. But for everyone out there listening, this is uh, Trevor. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and uh, X, excuse me. I've been saying Twitter all episode. It's X now. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. X, X, X. <laughs> no, but make sure you're following us on all those platforms at Tea Time Reports. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening to this USFL offseason coverage episode. Make sure you are following the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. It is greatly appreciated. We, we love to see all the support and love to see all the interactions with, uh, with the listeners out there. So, again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is Trevor, and uh, this is Tea Time Reports signing off. Peace.